Uh, more than a pleasure to have back on the program Mr. Morris Pearl. Mr. Pearl is chairman of the board of the Patriotic Millionaires, an organization of business people and investors who feel our society will be better off adopting progressive policies. Previously, he was managing director at BlackRock. They're one of the largest investment firms in the world. Mr. Pearl, thank you for rejoining us. Happy Monday, sir. Hey, great to be on your show. Hope you're feeling better soon. Oh, well, thank you. Me too. Thank you. Um, you guys um, have a book, and we talked about this book the last time you were on, uh, entitled Renegotiating Power and Money in America. And now the patriotic millionaires are formally releasing a new white paper, which is an addendum to the book, entitled So Goes the Nation, North Carolina. First, why the addendum? Why was this necessary, and why now? Well, we've made a special effort to... Um to look into different states, and North Carolina seems to have the most egregious problems. As you know, they've had this bill, HB2, that was famous for bathrooms and transgender people. But what it really did, it was lowering the minimum wage. It was preventing local cities in North Carolina from having their own minimum wage laws, and it prevents people from suing for racial discrimination, for suing employers in North Carolina courts. So those are the main things that are going to affect thousands and thousands of North Carolinians, even though they made other issues, the social issues, in order to get more people on board, Um, you know, the the religious conservative people. When we look at... Uh, the number of millionaires, and they may be a very small group that definitely have their their self, you know, in their best interest, and how they colluded with top government officials to significantly reduce the economic prospects of working people in North Carolina and, and violating the civil rights of thousands of citizens in the process, again, yeah. to enrich their own bottom line and, and to line their own pocketbooks, wallets, and, and bank accounts. Um, talk to us about this for people that aren't familiar with this, that aren't victims of this, or maybe victims and aren't even aware. Well, the, po- the political leaders in North Carolina, like the governor, they go and they say, oh, we need business-friendly policies so we can have more businesses in North Carolina. And sure, business-friendly sounds good. But what it means to them is giving businesses the right to discriminate by preventing people from suing for racial discrimination, giving businesses the right to pay sort of less than a living wage. Those are business-friendly for a few businesses. Maybe if you're owning a mine or maybe a huge call center or something where you're not really depending on selling things to people. But most American businesses depend on the ability to sell things to people and so need people who have enough money to buy things. And all of those businesses are not located to North Carolina. No one's starting a new business in North Carolina because, oh, I want to move to North Carolina so I can discriminate against people or I want to move to North Carolina so I can pay lower wages. No, the places with new businesses are places like New York and California that have robust social programs higher wages, and have taxes to pay for those social programs. Those are the places that are actually getting new businesses and better employment. And this does go to the top. Like in North Carolina, um, in the report, quote, under the leadership of Governor Pat McCrory, North Carolina, once a powerful symbol of Southern progress, has become Exhibit A for how to destroy American democracy. How, How does this destroy American democracy? And I think there are many people in North Carolina that would agree with you, even though we're not seeing some of the numbers we saw in the last election. Um, we definitely have seen more people register, especially in, in, in more of the inner city communities in the state of North Carolina. 
you know, what they've, they've done a lot of things to restrict voting, to restrict hours of voting, to restrict people who are able to vote, and to change the district lines to lessen the number of minority or working class people who can be elected. I was speaking just the other day in Charlotte, North Carolina, at a huge Baptist church at, the, um, at, at, a, at a meeting there. And then for the, uh, there was an Urban League meeting. And I was in the same congressional district as Greensboro, which is like a couple of hours' drive to the north, because they changed the district lines to pick off the black folks in Greensboro and the black folks in the northwest part of Charlotte and make them one district connected by a little ribbon in, in between. That, that, that's why there are so many Republican state legislatures and Republican direct congressional members elected from North Carolina, even though the state's about evenly split between Democrats and Republicans, we actually count the votes. The U.S. Chamber, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has largely become, you know, almost like a Republican pack, right? You know, I think a lot of people view this uh, as an organization that does not represent uh, businesses, certainly not American businesses, and by the same token. The chamber in the state of North Carolina, it does not re- represent the businesses in that state of North Carolina. Um, so, you know, I mean, where where do people, where do business owners and where do businesses go when when you can't trust the sign outside, such as a chamber of commerce that at one time, you know, decades ago, really, you know, was there for the business owner, was there for the business community? Yeah, I would look at the chamber of commerce as a like a for-profit PR firm. If somebody joins and pays them millions of dollars, they'll take your point of view. Um, and in fact, it's funded by just a few dozen uh, very large companies that are not necessarily the same interests at heart as most businesses in America. I think the local organizations, like the Urban League of Carolinas, and like the local chambers of commerce in the local cities, are doing a job to represent the people in their cities. But yeah, I think you're completely right. The National Chamber of Commerce is just a, a PR firm with a, with a name that makes it sound a little bit deceptive, kind of Orwellian. No, no question about it. Um, this is something that you, as part of the Patriotic Millionaires, Mr. Pearl, um, you know, have talked about on my show, have put out there with your, you know, with, with books and uh, with releases like this white paper. The bottom line is you want to hold these officials who have these high levels of power, who have the high levels of authority, accountable. Because I think people forget this election is not just about a presidency. There are gubernatorial oh, yeah. seats, there are House seats, there are Senate seats. Yeah, we're going to find out in, I think, it's eight days um, when the election takes place. And I'm, I'm much more interested in the House seats and the Senate seats than in the presidential race. Um, you know, many of those senators will be there for a lot longer than anyone can be president and have a lot more influence on on um, our policies, in fact. Um, I think those are those races are very important, and the state legislature also. Um you know, if the people turn out and vote, they'll get different people in office, and if they have different people, they'll have different policies. And so we're trying to explain to everyone, I'm speaking at, I've spoken at several college campuses lately, that democracy matters and that people have to vote and participate. If they don't participate, that's just sort of abdicating to the other side. 
We're going to be taking a break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with our guest. And if you have to join, or not have to join us, but if you have a question, now is the time to join us is what I'm trying to say. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Morris Pearls, our guest chairman of the Board of the Patriotic Millionaires. We'll be back with him and with you. We're talking about this new white paper, an addendum to their book. It's entitled So Goes the Nation, North Carolina. We'll talk more about that state. It's a very influential state in this election. Don't go away. And we're back. Happy Monday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Morris Pearl, chairman of the board of the Patriotic Millionaires, is our guest. Mr. Pearl, thank you for holding and welcome back. And and uh, we are talking about uh, North Carolina. Um, North Carolina, you wrote a great piece, So Goes the Nation, North Carolina. Um, you talk about your position on the chair as the chair of the board of the Patriotic Millionaires. And... You know, you you guys know about this. You guys know what it's like to be a team. You guys know what it's like to build something prosperous, stable, and inclusive. And, you know, you as an organization, and we've talked about this many times with Patriotic Millionaires, that there um, are three core values uh, in the public debate. You guys have talked about political equality, decent wages, and a fair tax system. And um, you said, quote, like the bipartisan majority of Americans, we believe the following – All Americans deserve access to a political power equal to the power enjoyed by millionaires. Two, all Americans who work full-time should be guaranteed a wage sufficient to cover their basic needs. And three, tax receipts for millionaires and large corporations should comprise a greater portion of federal and state tax revenues. Explain to people listening who may not understand from a business perspective, maybe they're not a business owner, why this is not only good for the individual good for a state, and even for a nation's economy? Well, it's good for business owners also. It's good for the actual businesses that employ most people. Because the thing is, talk to your local business person, not necessarily the guy who owns the huge coal mining business in your, t- in your town, but the guys who own the bars and the grocery stores and, the, and all of the different stores where, that employ people and shop. The those people ask them what they need. It's not oh my taxes are too high on my profits. That's my problem, because the guy who has high taxes is making a lot of money. What they need is more customers who have money. The bar owner needs more people who have beer money in their pockets on Friday afternoons. That's how he makes money is from having enough people in his community who can afford to to be his customers at his bar or his whatever kind of business he has. And so that's the basic premise of our of our group is that we want to have a country where everyone can make enough money to be able to afford to participate in the economy. That's the kind of country where people have opportunities to start businesses, the kind of small businesses that people can actually start without having huge amounts of capital. And this is, you know, uh, something that you guys, and you, you spoke about this especially, and I like this, that you said we are not just advancing these values because they're the right moral choices, although it's certainly true that there's a powerful moral dimension to the advancement of these values. Isn't that part of being a good business owner and a good business person is to make a morally responsible decision for that business in the community that you're a part of? Well, I think it's, it's you're right, yes. It, making the morally responsible decision is also making the self-responsible decision. I'm not purely altruistic. I mean, yes, I'm trying to help people. That's true. But I think I'm also looking out for my own long-term self-interests. I want to live in a country with more equality, more fairness, and more justice. And I think that our rules are now being being manipulated and 
being being written in favor of a small group of people. Just look at your candy that you got on Halloween. It says it, you know, half of those little tiny Snickers bars made by Mars. Three of the richest people in our country are people who've done nothing at all to become rich except being the grandchildren of Forrest Mars, who started the Mars Candy Company. The, those people are the ones that some of our political leaders are worried about, lowering their tax rates. And, oh, we need to get rid of state taxes or people have no incentive to become rich. That's not true at all. The, the people who actually make money have plenty of an incentive to become rich. And the people who are multi-multi-billionaires, they don't need any more incentive than they already have. Well, it's interesting because you do point out that something that is, you know, good for, quote, regular people is also good for the wealthy. <laughs> it is, for most wealthy people. Yeah, well, having an estate tax does not do the Mars family or the Walton family any good. That is true. I agree. But it does the vast majority of people. Of course, the vast, the vast, 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 99 and three-quarters percent of our people will never have enough money to pay an estate tax either the way it is now or the way that Secretary Clinton plans to change it if she's elected president. But for that other, for the top one quarter of the top one percent, yeah, those people are the people who have enough money to be able to make a larger contribution, and those people are the ones who should be making a larger contribution to our national treasury. I want to point out, too, um, for people that may not be aware, that patriotic millionaires aren't just saying, hey, you know, we're going to talk about North Carolina and South Carolina, but North Carolina especially because of this election, um, without having any connection. Um, you have members of people uh, from all parts of the country and uh, the patriotic millionaires as members. Uh, there are those that have business ties uh, to both North and South Carolina, people that have personal ties. And uh, the president of the patriotic millionaires, who was born and raised in North Carolina, graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and her parents, um, a retired high school principal and judge, actually still live in uh, North Carolina in Raleigh, right? Yes. I mean, I think I, I will have to agree that that did give our organization some emotional connection to North Carolina, the fact that the President Erica Payne um, is from that state. And so we do have a little more information about North Carolina than than most states, but I spent a lot of time myself in North Carolina, both business and pleasure. The Democratic National Convention was in in Charlotte. I've um, I've walked on those same streets that we saw pictures of having a essentially a riot just a few weeks ago. So I do feel at least some connection with the city of Charlotte that I visited many times. My wife has walked in the Avon Walk for Breast Cancer in Charlotte several times. Um, North Carolina is a great place with great people. Unfortunately, I've got a few people who've managed to gain political power, who've managed to change the rules to make their themselves richer by dealing with things like lowering minimum wages and stuff, all under the guise of protecting your children from transgender people in bathrooms, which really had nothing to do with the real issues that they were uh, promoting and for the most part. There are a number of uh, reasons North Carolina, and, you know, we've talked about before the break, it's not just a presidential election. I mean, you know, you know, choosing a governor, obviously, when you choose a president, you're choosing somebody who will elect, uh, who will nominate, excuse me, a Supreme Court judge. Uh, oh, yeah. There are several House seats up for grabs. Uh, there's a senator, uh, you know, in that state. Uh, there's a contested, hotly contested race there. And, of course, North Carolina could be the state that ends up deciding who is our president, whether it's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. And, and that is deciding who becomes the leader of the most powerful nation 
uh, on this uh, planet. Now, you guys aren't on the program or out there to campaign for uh, a candidate. You haven't endorsed any candidate in uh, this election or any other election. I do want to point that out. Yeah. Um, but you do like to talk about different things. So let's break it down. One, bigotry is bad for business. And we have seen bigotry with some decisions made by people like the governor of North Carolina, especially in that state, since it is a key state with decisions on key races. I mean, look, there's two different philosophies on what's good for business. Our philosophy on what's good for business is having a bus- having your business in a place where there's people who make enough money to be able to shop in your business, people of education to work in your business. The other view from Pat McCrory, is the way to have a good environment for business is to prevent people from suing you, okay? And things like, oh, racial discrimination, oh, we just, if there's too many lawsuits for racial discrimination, our answer is, well, maybe you shouldn't discriminate. His answer is, well, maybe you shouldn't have courts. And it's just two completely different philosophies. And I think almost any sensible person would agree with my view on this, is that the way to prevent lawsuits for racial discrimination is to not do racial discrimination. But that's completely the opposite of, you know, other people's views. And, you know, racial discrimination truly is not good for business in the long term. It, it, it doesn't really, I mean, there's no businesses that have policies, oh, we like racial discrimination, it's a good idea. Um, I mean, no central business would do that. And so the ones who are involved in these lawsuits are generally people who do, who are, who do racist things. I won't even say they're racist people, but the people who have trouble with lawsuits are people who do racist things. And we would suggest the way to avoid that is to not do racist things. In in your piece you wrote, the so-called bathroom bill was never about the bathroom, in reference, obviously, to North Carolina and in reference to HB2. HB2. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly believe that that they've tried this several times the last few years, and even in their own legislature, were not able to get through bills simply reducing the minimum wage. So they threw together reducing the minimum wage with preventing transgender people from using public bathrooms. That part, the transgender people in public bathrooms, got all the publicity, got some ministers on their side, got lots of news coverage, and then that's how they were able to pass the laws which lowered the minimum wage for so many North Carolinians. And again, you know... yeah, again, helping, hurting the regular people to help the wealthy. And like you said, if you, you know, what's good for regular is good for wealthy as well. It benefits hurting all the hurting all the business people. Exactly. We're trying to sell stuff to all those regular people who work at the larger companies. There are plenty of mom and pop stores that that depend on the people who work at big companies to shop at their stores, their restaurants, their businesses, and those people are hurt when the when they're when the larger companies are able to lower wages even more than they already have. Uh, Mr. Pearl, millionaires like yourself who were not just, you know, born into it, like a Donald Trump, for example, and that worked hard and made uh, smart decisions, you, other patriotic millionaires, the head of the patriotic millionaires, as an example, um, know a lot, not only about our economy, but know about the simple uh, basic premise of Economics 101, which is supply and demand. Our nation's economy, you wrote, is 70% consumer demand. This yeah. is something that even if somebody's not a millionaire, 
a business person knows, but it would seem whether with, uh, you know, legislation and decisions uh, like not wanting minimum wage to be increased to $15 an hour, they're hurting their own bottom line by not recognizing that reality. I think actually very few people are actually against raising minimum wage. If you look at surveys, even the National Chamber of Commerce survey of their own members found a majority who are in favor of raising minimum wage. A majority both of business owners and other surveys, even the vast majority of people are in favor of raising minimum wage. I think somehow the side that's against it has sort of been able to claim that they represent some large group of people, even though they really don't. And I think that's part of our problem is that there's somehow this fiction that, oh, business people want lower wages, business people need, you know, m- you know, more policies to hurt people in order to make money. And I think that's just not true, but some of the very few business people have been able to promote that idea and relatively successfully. And we have to uh, get out there and get the other, get our point of view across better. Um, I, we only have a couple of minutes left. You wrote, if North Carolina wants to become the beacon of the New South, its lawmakers should do two things. Uh, one, stop listening to lobbyists, including uh, lobbyists uh, not only in the United States, but obviously uh, Chamber of Commerce, but also the North Carolina Chamber of Commerce. And two, take a class in basic economics so they can learn about concepts like demand, which we just uh, spoke about. Um, yeah. uh, d- talk to us about that. Well, you know, I don't, I don't mean to insult people, but yeah, I think that too many people don't understand what we've been saying, that a robust a, a, a state, a country that can have a robust middle class is the kind of country where you can have more people having jobs and more people having businesses that create jobs. We don't want to live in a country with a few rich people and lots and lots of poor people. Unfortunately, a few people think that's a good idea. And they've been able to convince more people that that's a good idea. But that's, it's not like handed down by God on Mount Sinai or something. That there should be a few rich and many poor. We can have a society with most everyone doing well. And that's what we'd like to do. And that's how we will do better ourselves. Um, last uh, minute, last word, Mr. Pearl. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? Just the idea that even business people... Most business people are not in favor of the kind of policies that a few people like Pat McCrory claim are business-friendly, and that the people who, when they go to vote, they should think about that, and they should realize their vote matters, and it really does make a difference who our next leaders are, and it really does make a difference which side controls the Congress. And those are things that people, I hope, will think about when they walk into their voting booth. Thank you so much. Mr. Morris Pearl, Chairman of the Board of the Patriotic Millionaires, always a pleasure to have you on, sir. Um, Somebody I look up to and admire greatly, always learn from. I know our listeners do as well. On Twitter, follow the Patriotic Millionaires at Patriotic Mills. And you can also follow Mr. Pearl at Morris underscore Pearl, M-O-R-R-I-S-P-E-A-R-L. The website for the Patriotic Millionaires is PatrioticMillionaires.org. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. How to show up with Coca-Cola Energy. 
You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.